0: It's good to be back on campus. I wanna thank the president of this great institution, the dean of of this chapel, the faculty members for inviting me to be here. It's very good to be here again, to be back. All the memories start to come back. I lived here for four years, and uh, we were very, very thankful, my family and I, that uh, God bless us to live uh, in a peaceful surrounding as this place is. Uh, and uh, and we, we are very, very thankful to God for that. Uh, I was here and I enjoyed my time. I played on the soccer team. I was on a tennis team. I played some basketball, some volleyball. I went to the food bank and the clothing bank and uh, I met with the traditions of either getting a new car or getting a baby before you leave here. I pay all of my dues it is good that uh, it's good to be back and I'm only thankful. Now I am in the city of Chicago where I'm ministering. Uh, I served as urban strategist in that city and uh, my work has been praying and working to reverse the trend of urban church decline, especially within our Senate. Cities in ancient times are defined as, as, as they are differentiated from, from a town, they are defined as a place where people live but they have protective walls built around them. They have to be strategically located so that there is a route for trade and for commerce but they have to be. They have to have walls around them, and that's what separated them from towns. It wasn't necessarily the population of people that lived there, but as you can see, such a condition of security and all of the supplies of trade and commerce uh, was an attraction to people. So people then came and dwell in cities, and as we have it today, cities become they are population centers. They are places where the concentration of people is found. In cities, we find the total diversity of humankind, the poor, the rich, the people of every tongue and from every nation are represented in cities. And so when you think of such a place, it's become not only an attraction for for all kinds of businesses, but people of commerce and innovation. All of those people are attracted because they know that where people are populated, where there is a high population, it is a perfect place for business to take place because you have a big client base. And so the question, as we just read in the text, God sent Jonah to Nineveh to proclaim the gospel of salvation to that town so that the people would turn away and turn to God. And of course, we know the story Jonah resisted. But it is this, it is this verse, and the Lord says, should I not be concerned for that great city? Should I not be concerned for that great city? And so you will ask the question why would God be concerned for the city and not necessarily the town or not necessarily the village? God is concerned about cities not because of their geographical locations, not because of their beauty and grandeur, not so much because of their architectural magnificence and the brilliance of their layout and plans. Not so much because of their parks and recreation, their museums and shopping centers, not so much because of their sporting teams, but because of the inhabitants. It says in scripture that it is a desire of God that all men will come to the knowledge of salvation in Jesus Christ. And so when you think of it, then the population center becomes a perfect place where gospel proclaimers like you and I should go aggressively to proclaim the gospel and to dwell there among the people and bring the message of redemption. People in cities, if you imagine, when I moved to Chicago, I began to think people live here and that is why God is concerned for the city. There are souls that live here and Jesus Christ died for the salvation of souls. Yes, the dynamics in cities are different. It is not the same as maybe doing ministry in a small town or even in a suburb. The dynamics are different. But I think our perception of city today is different from the reality of what cities really are. Cities so are full of most, some of the most sophisticated people, some of the most creative, and people of ingenuity and, and, and creativity. They are centers of commerce, centers of business, financial institutions, seats of government. And so you can only wonder why will the possessor or the custodian of the gospel of Jesus Christ turn its bike on the city? Why are we not aggressive? Why are we not pursuing the city aggressively so that the gospel of Jesus Christ takes root and that people are coming? Just as God said to Jonah, should I not be concerned for that great city? I have found in my experience now in ministry in the city, in the great city of Chicago, There are only a few things that will keep you, especially those of you who are students, and going into ministry and looking forward to it. I have found that if you are going to endure, and if you are going to stay in ministry, there is something that has to be greater than yourself. There has to be the power of God behind you, stronger than your own will or even your own knowledge, for it for you to be able to succeed and persist in the city. You have to have a heart that loves people and love to see people coming into the kingdom. A love that is greater than the obstacles that lies ahead. Sacrifice and a heart that is bigger than all of the things that lie before us. It's kind of like David. David had God behind his back. And his desire for the dignity of Ezra was stronger than the hero that stood before him. And so with that heart, he approached the giant. And we know the story David overcame. We have to have a heart that is greater than our own needs, a love that is bigger than our own desires, a love that is bigger than our own coolness and our own whatever it may be. In fact, it is a mark of success for people. If you are going to succeed, you have to have a a desire and a love that is greater than the obstacles that you face. Many of you here are going to succeed and graduate or go on Vicarage simply because you have a heart and a desire that is greater than the Greek classes or the systematic classes or whatever else that, that is true in your way. It is a mark of successful people. Your love to succeed is greater than getting more sleep. Your love to succeed is fine. You can live on food bank for a little while and wear some clothes from the clothing bank for a little while because you desire to succeed. I've been married now for about 19 years. And people ask me, wow, you know, in the city these days, in our, in our, in our times, in our marriage, is one of those things that people take very casually. People ask me, you've been married for 19 years, how could you do that? And I have two answers, you know. I have one answer when my wife is around, and, and, and that category of answer goes like this. Look at her, how could you not be married to a woman like this for, the, for all of your life? Look at how beautiful and great she is. My wife is just great, I don't have a problem. And the second category of, of answer is when she's not around. And that category goes like this. We both have love for one another, then the, then the obstacle, our love is for one another is greater than the obstacles that have come against our marriage. Both of them are true. I do not lie in this case. But that is a heart that we have to go with in ministry. That is a heart that we have to go with in ministry, a heart that is greater, a, a, a heart of love for our Savior Jesus Christ, that is greater than the obstacles that we see, that is greater than, than all, of, all of the things that may lie before us. It is with that kind of heart that we have to go into the ministry with. Chicago Cities, as I said, they are a concentration of people and so why would we not make aggressive effort in the city center? People who fish these days, they have a new technology that helps them to identify where fishes are concentrated, where the fish is most concentrated, so that they are not spending their time putting their hooks in the water where there is no fish anywhere around. With that technology, they can go to where right where the fish is and they can fish right there. So it is for us, the Bible, these refers to us as fishers of men. So indeed, if we take that to heart, and we are fishers of men, then we must be in the places where the population of people is concentrated. And the city is one of them. And the city is the place where people are concentrated. And so I come today to propose and lay upon your mind and all your conscience that maybe it is time that we, that Concordia as an institution will begin to think of maybe establishing an urban, in, a track for urban institutes or maybe a department of urban studies. So, that we are studying the issues of the urban centers of the city and their relationship to church decline or even our schools that are struggling in the city. Cities are transforming, and business people, what to do when they see a place that is declining, what to do is to go and redevelop that place so that it becomes an attraction for people to come and live again. For us, the church, it seems like when more difficulties come to a particular place, we seem to go further and further away from there because we want ease of ministry. Ease of ministry. In an institution like this, where we are all blessed, I am, I, I am very, very thankful that I sat underneath the tutelage and the teaching of some of the greatest professors in the world I always think of my alma mater as a place. If you want to talk about about preaching and homiletics and and you go on my campus, you better know what you're talking about. If you want to talk about Luther, well, you better know a little bit more. You can't just know the basics. If you want to discuss in a book of the Bible, you better know what you're talking about. Because over there, you have people who have mastered the details. And we'll know it right down to a minute. But as an institution where we study theology, we also must begin to think about so that we are not just knowing the logia, the logia, apart from the theos of the logia. In other words, we cannot acquire and accumulate knowledge apart from the giver of knowledge. We must also incline ourselves to get to know him, to know him in such a way as Jesus himself said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Jesus is talking about a different kind of knowing, a different category of knowing, a different level of knowing, not a knowing of the acquisition of knowledge, but a kind of knowing that the psalmist said, my soul thirsts for God. The one at the Sermon said, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for God. It is that kind of knowing, a deep desire to get to know God so that with that kind of desire and with that kind of power within us, we can go in any community and we will succeed because we have greater power behind our bikes. And we will know his heart and his desire. And we know that his heart and his desire is that all people will come to the knowledge of salvation. Blessed are you, my friend, who thirst and hunger after righteousness, for you will be satisfied. Amen.